Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm Christine Backus, and I am really excited to have Emily Trinkus with me today. We're doing our Cosmic Wisdom Update. Lots to talk about, as usual. Um, and we will begin this morning with a little grounding exercise because it's that time of year when things are a little bit extra swirly and I'm feeling it and maybe you are too. So if you're someplace where you can close your eyes, go ahead and do that. If not, then just start to bring at least a part of your attention into your physical experience. Just start to um, bring as much attention as you can. Obviously, if you're driving, got to keep attention there. But just start to feel your body and the parts of your body that are actually in contact with something. And remember that that something is the earth. Even if you're in a moving car, you're still in touch with the earth. Even if you're in an airplane, you're in touch with the earth through gravity. And just start to feel where your seat, if you're sitting down, your seat is against a chair or whatever, your feet are against the floor. And allow yourself to feel the solid, grounded, heavy energy of physical existence for a moment. We often don't like to feel that heaviness, but it's part of human existence. Maybe you could feel your clothes against the skin, air against the skin. Maybe your hands are on your legs or something like that. Just feel the physical aspect of being. And then bring your attention to your breath for a few breaths. Just allow yourself to feel the physical sensations of breath, breathing in, air coming in, breathing out, sort of the slightly warmer, moister air going out. You don't have to change your breath. Just notice that you're breathing. We're just about to transition into Libra season and Libra is an air sign. So one of the ways you can work with managing air, of course, is through your breath. So just for a couple more moments, notice your breath and your breathing. And then as you're ready, you can open your eyes if you want. If you're listening, of course, you're welcome to keep your eyes closed. And, and then we will start talking. And Emily, I just want to say thank you again for joining me. I always love our conversations. I do too. It is a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I think I'm going to go ahead and start by sharing my screen. And um, we're going to take a look at... Uh, a little graphic that I happen to love. It's um, called the Celtic Wheel of the Year. And this is a, it's just a graphic de depiction that links up kind of the times of year with the Zodiac. And here's where we are, if you can see my little cursor. We're right in between, we're right at the end of Virgo season. We're about to cross into Libra season, where it says Maybon on the side of the chart here. And this is the autumn equinox in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere listening, it's obviously your spring equinox. But this is that transition from um, Earth to air 
from the harvest season into the, the, just the post-harvest. And this is one of, the equinox is halfway between the solstices, the solstice at Yule and Lithia, which is essentially um, the spring equinox. Hang on, where am I? Here. Ostara, sorry, Ostara, Easter. So we're halfway between Yule and Lithia. We're halfway between the Capricorn solstice and the Cancer solstice. And this is the time, it's sort of like a tipping point between light and dark. So you can think of this kind of like the sunset of the year. It's when day and night are equal. And in Ayurveda, for instance, which I've studied and practiced in my life for a long time, this is uh, a time of sort of readjusting ourselves from heat to cold. So instead of managing heat, again, in the Northern hemisphere, we're going to be starting to manage cold. And this transition is like a reset point for our bodies and our lifestyles. This is a great time to start thinking about adjusting your diet, for instance, from a, ooh, lots of tomatoes and hot climate stuff to the cool, um, the, the warming, more warming foods like root vegetables and meat if you're a meat eater. So this is a time to start thinking about adjusting your diet. It's also an excellent time for a cleanse. Um, so that's that's just kind of where we are in the year and the cycle of the sun, right? The tides of the sun, the sun going north and then and south and now it's heading south again. So Emily, I was going <laughs> to... I think I'm going to stop blabbing for a moment because I'm sure you have lots to add. No, that's great. I love that image that you're sharing. And, and I'll just mention, too, a, another way we can think about the fall equinox is in relation to the lunar cycle, that where where we're at is analogous to the last quarter moon or waning half moon. And the idea with the last quarter and, and this, you know, yearly energy of uh, going from more light to more dark is there's a sense that we're coming into the end of the year. We're finishing things up. Uh, we're balancing things out. That's part of the Libra theme. Right. And and typically there's a kind of reassessment of our priorities and then seeing like, OK, what's actually realistic in terms of what I can complete, what I can get done, what are the priorities and what just needs, to, what do I just need to let go of? Like what's not gonna get done? Let's just get realistic about what's not gonna get done and let that go so I can really focus on what's at the top of, you know, what I really value. And this is, you know, Venus ruled season. And one of the things that Venus is about is our values. What do we really love? Um, what do we really need? Um, we have an eclipse in Taurus that'll be highlighting essential needs and values. Um, so that's that's part of the theme of now, too. So it's like, what do I need to let go of in order to come into greater balance and in order to prioritize, you know, what's at the top of my list? Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I notice, I don't maybe this is unique to me, but what I notice at this time of year is there's also a little bit of a grieving process for all the things I didn't get to do this summer, for instance. And I know it was heightened a little bit by Neptune opposite the sun the last couple of days that, you know, that Pisces energy of sort of like endings. But it's always every year about this time I get sort of this, oh, I didn't go on that hike. I didn't do that 
particular activity. And, you know, the other thing I want to mention that's perfect for what you were saying is that it's also a time when we really need to rest more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a time where everybody's going back to school and there's usually like this frantic activity at this time to, to kind of cram in those last summer activities and um, maybe even start diving into new projects. But it is because it's getting darker, we need to be resting more, right? That's how our bodies are built. Right. That's the, the contraction and feeling that coming contraction or entering that period of more contraction like conservation <laughs> like I only have yeah. so much energy we only have so much light in the day we gotta conserve that and and nourish that and nourish ourselves to sustain us through the dark and cold season that's coming and I, I really I do I want to talk about grief because I feel like um this particular equinox is really highlighting that both with the opposition to Neptune, which by the time of the equinox, the sun is really, it's technically past that, but it's still, I think it's still in effect, it's kind of waning, but also that at this equinox, the sun comes into, as the sun comes into Libra, it comes into a pretty tight quincunx or in conjunct with Saturn in Pisces. And I think one of the, you know, as I've talked about, one of the themes, one of the bigger themes of Saturn being in Pisces, and Saturn's been in Pisces since March of this year, spends almost three years in Pisces, um, is the necessity of grieving, because Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac, and it's about endings and letting go and dissolving and surrender. And so this, this fall equinox sun interacting very closely with that Saturn in Pisces as it's also opposing Neptune in Pisces is like that Piscean energy of grief and letting go is I think stronger than usual. And that can feel, you know, that Pisces overlay to the Libra-ness and, and I have more to say about that in conjunct too, but, um, but in the sense of the dissolving, I mean, it can be, yeah, very, very sensitive, like heightening our sensitivity and really wanting us to, to get into that feeling place. Pisces, the, the water where uh, Libra is, as you mentioned, an air sign, more the intellect, but this is really um, compelling us, pushing us, maybe pressuring us to sink more deeply into the feeling, the, the feelings of this time of year. And I think there is something, you know, about the, the waning sun that brings up that wistfulness or, um, almost nostalgia or yeah yeah and I I have noticed that with some of my clients too that there's like more feeling and sensitivity and you know some people can recognize that that's more the Piscean thing that they're feeling sort of the collective a little bit and for some people it's feeling very personal but there is there does seem to be just more emotionality right now in general it seems like to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and it's interesting too that the, to me that the the equinox happens essentially at the first quarter moon so there's also this sense of new beginnings and 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 focusing focusing and moving forward at the same time as this kind of everything's coming to a you know a little bit of a close Right. And it is a bit of a push-pull because on the one hand, we now have Venus, our, our shining star, reigning goddess of the Libra season, um, 
Venus now moving forward, coming out of her shadow. She's still in the retrograde shadow until October 7th, but now we can really sense like get, she's getting back up to speed. She's very powerful in the sky. Um, if anyone else gets up before dawn and sees her <laughs> up there, just so bright and beautiful. Um, and then Mercury is now also getting started. So, you know, Mercury also coming out of its retrograde shadow, now moving forward um, in the retrograde shadow until the end of September. So we're getting there. So there is this sense of um, momentum coming back online. And at the same time, all of the slow moving planets are still retrograde. Jupiter on out, still retrograde. And so I, I feel like, and even just with this chart, yeah, we're in the starting the wane of the year and waxing half moon there there's like this push pull between moving forward and grieving the past or dealing with the past and maybe the heaviness of the past and i feel like there's something about with the faster moving planets all moving forward like mercury and venus now direct and all the slower moving planets still going retrograde there's something about the like bigger picture slow moving planets more like collective forces transpersonal forces big picture of how things are unfolding that's still up you know not clear and and also maybe still a lot of processing and maybe that's part of the grieving too just i mean there, we've had so many massive world events these past months in terms of um you know the fires and just flooding and earthquakes and you know locusts or you know who knows what's next um there's a lot to grieve in that bigger in that bigger sense and yet there is a sense that we're able to move forward with our own personal lives and take action and and kind of get going and have more clarity in that like um smaller picture sense yeah and you know as i was saying before we got started um it feels to me like there's a more motion than movement right now, meaning that we're putting in a lot of energy to take action and like set things in motion. But at least in my world, there's not that much progress right now. And to me, that feels like an inner planet, outer planet sort of thing too, right? That with Mercury going forward, there's a lot of communication and, and uh, reaching out and same thing with Venus, a lot of like starting to connect with people again, um, especially after like I was a hermit all summer. So for me, it's a little bit of this coming out, but I'm not seeing like a lot of fruits yet of all that. And I think that's partly this inner planet moving direct, outer planet still um, still retrograde and and like this time of year where we're starting into that transition too. Well, and I think also in terms of the motion, but not movement or, you know, a lot stirring, but not actually, we're not seeing the the external results yet. And I think that also relates to, yeah, we're, we have a lot to integrate. Yes. And we're, as we come out of these significant retrogrades of Venus and Mercury, it, it's like in the post-retrograde shadow is all about that integration. What did I learn? What was my new awareness? What did I heal? Now, how am I going to put that into practice or take that into, into my life? So I, I think the movement is there, but it's just happening more internally where we haven't seen the external manifestation yet. But also in terms of action, I think it's important to mention that we do have Mars action planet in Libra 
quite close to this south node in Libra. So there's something, and, and when I think of Mars on the south node, since the south node it tends to have a kind of bottomless pit energy or illusion energy, or yeah, I'm putting I'm doing all this action and it's not going anywhere. To me, that feels like Mars on the south node kind of spinning our wheels. And, and so I, I feel like with Venus more powerful now, and even Mar this is Mars in Venus's sign and Mars in a sign where it's not so potent typically, it, this is more about leaning into the magnetism and creating in a more Venus way versus like if we're trying to, if we're struggling and efforting at something and it's just not going anywhere, oh, so then I'm going to effort harder <laughs> and that's going to go even nowhere faster or whatever, right? And so it, this isn't about like pushing more, but more about amplifying our ability to receive and mm -hmm. and to really be, you know, we've had such a long time of Venus and Leo, right? Since June, was it even end of May? I think June? it was end of May. Yeah, I can't May maybe? Right, and, and Venus is now, she's finishing up. <laughs> she's finishing up her tour through Leo finally. But, you know, I think Leo is a fixed sign, fixed fire. It's like the hearth fire that draws everyone to it, right? It's not going out to get it, it's magnetizing. And so we've, we've learned a lot about our ability to magnetize, to attract, to be a, such a bright light that, we can't help but call to us the people and money and projects that you know that, that we we desire so i feel like that's what to lean into more than the pushing doing you know mars is a lot about the struggle the struggle is real um we're, we're gonna get some rest that mars really comes back online um right around the, the the first eclipse, right around the Libra solar eclipse and moves into Scorpio where Mars is at home and really powerful. But we've got a couple of weeks with Mars close to the south node where it's there's that potential for wheel spinning. And I think especially when we're coming from more of that mental place, yeah. Libra and trying to weigh it all out and figure it all out and uh, put so much energy into making it the you know perfect most beautiful like uh no <laughs> there could be a lot of wasted energy in that direction versus let me get really let me get really connected with my body and my heart leo and really sink in and you know and there might be some like right action like precise appropriate action that's really coming from that feeling place Versus like, I got to figure out how to make this party go, you know, how to get this thing started. Yeah, that's it. I, I do love that because the other thing that I think about with the nodes and we and this is a good time sort of to talk about that whole axis, Aries and Libra, you know, the lunar nodes moved into Aries and Libra in mid-June, I think, around the 17th, if I remember, or was it July? I want to say July. I think, I July. think you're right, July. Yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember months right now. Um, and so, you know, this collective karma, if you will, is shifting, has shifted from Taurus Scorpio to Aries Libra for the most part. And, you know, when I think about the nodes, it, South Node, the past, and as you say, South Node, sort of this drain 
um, and the the place it's I think about it as energy coming in at the north node, energy going out at the south node, and also the north node more the material realm, um, south node more the spiritual realm. So like thinking about what you just said with Mars, that planet of action on the south node, it's kind of like it's it's as if we have to take action in a different realm if that makes mm. any sense like we have to think about it from a more spiritual um or collective point of view then like just how is this going to benefit me and that that's part of what we're where some of this action needs to be focused right now as well and that's i'm noticing some of that in my own life that if i'm just stuck on okay what do i not just what do I want, but when I get stuck on like what what um, results do I want, it's not going to work, right? But if I think about what's my higher purpose with this, that's where it's going to be more have more relevance and more impact. Yeah, and you you're bringing me right back to this equinox Sun opposite Neptune and Pisces, and in yeah. conjunct Saturn and Pisces, because I think that's really. Um, that's a great reflection of what you're talking about in terms of Pisces being about our spiritual mission and our, our divine mission and where where is the great mystery calling me um, to be, you know, to put my creative energy and, and put my light, the sun, um, and really having to attune to that. And, and, and again, this I think this is why it's so important that feelings are getting stirred up because this is a process of feeling into it and, and dropping into that deeper self so we can hear the little whispers of our soul speaking to us. Um, and so I think, you know, if if people do take time out, I think it's always, you know, it's always great to take time out at the equinoxes and solstices just to, to yeah. meditate and to be and see what, what comes through. But I think especially with this Pisces overlay to the equinox sun, that seems especially important to be really tuning into my, my spiritual assignment my divine assignment, my divine mission, and coming into alignment with that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it is such a, a, a big time that there's so much in the world that feels so out of control. And this is kind of the shadow of Pisces that can come in where it's just like, it's all too much and it's overwhelming and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm just going to check out. And, you know, and sometimes we might need the little check out as we were talking about before we started the recording yesterday when the sun and Neptune were exactly opposite. I just, I had to give up in the afternoon and just be like, no, it's too weird. I'm just going to watch a movie, make a collage, space out. That's all I can do. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I, I think of too, that it's all about integrating the opposites, right? It's integrating the polarities, you know, Virgo can tend to be too controlling. Pisces can be, can be, uh, let me just get out of there. And the, the magic is when we can stop seeing them as separate and then start to integrate those, those two energies, right? Virgo, Pisces. And then that, that's what I think about like that's what I think our uh, karmic assignment is when the nodes shift signs. We've shifted from Taurus Scorpio where we're integrating sort of like the pleasure, comfort, material realm with the emotional, deep life energy, life force realm. And now we're switching into Aries Libra. And it's interesting that Mars is in, you know, it's in Libra as the ruler of Aries. And so it's, it's almost like an extra oomph to 
to that integration energy, right? Mars and Libra, by definition, we have to sort of integrate those two opposite energies in order to do Mars. Aries, right. Aries is me, myself, you know, what, what my desires are. And Libra is how do I work in cooperation and relationship with others? And I'll, I'll say just one more thing that in a conversation with somebody a couple of months ago, they, the, the, it was my coach, right. And they, he was teaching about, you need to ask for what you want. And that was one of the, to me, like one of the slogans of the Aries Libra axis is you have to ask for what you want, because it's always in partnership, everything, all your desires, um, everything has to be done in cooperation with others. So that's a whole tangent I could go off on, but I want to pause there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is interesting having Mars in Venus's sign. Um, Mars is the ruler of the North Node in in the South Node sign, conjunct the South Node. Um, but again, this is like turning the power over to Venus. And it's kind of cool because Venus in Leo is naturally harmonizing with that North Node in Aries. Um, both fire and I think of you know Aries and Leo are both signs that are a lot about who am I I mean Aries is the like I just got here who am I Le uh, you know what do I want what fires me up where's my energy but Leo being like the full flowering of individuality and you know so we want to express ourselves and shine our light in the world and so there is that cooperation and Venus as the morning star is also a lot about the self and self-discovery and a few things going on with Venus that are just so powerful at the equinox. One is she is in a precise, like almost to the minute trine angle of harmony with Chiron in Aries. And so this is like this beautiful healing. I mean, yes, we could say the healing power of love, Venus, Chiron, right? But I feel like there's something deeply healing to our sense of self, self. right? With, with this Aries uh leo combo and um and at the same time venus is exactly squaring the midpoint between jupiter and uranus and during this whole and i, I want to relate that back to the chiron thing too um because during this whole venus retrograde she's already made two squares to both jupiter or now she's already made her three squares to jupiter but she's made two squares to uranus and is about to make the third um, and, and I feel like this is a real, like in terms of Venus getting back up to speed and coming back online, like her squares with Jupiter and Uranus are these like, um, shock might be too strong word, but maybe sparking or catalyzing or expanding that energy. And with that square to Uranus, as she is harmonizing with Chiron, Right, so we've got this healing potential, but but it's like this breakthrough healing potential through expanding Jupiter Uranus, our our sense of who we are, right? But you know, Uranus being um, you know the first of the outer planets, a transpersonal planet, and that is you know Uranus is a very mental uh, planet. It's you know the higher mind, the divine mind, and here's Uranus in Venus's sign. Um, squaring Venus. So there's this sense of like, like jolting or, you know, shocking, sparking, catalyzing awareness of who we are from that much bigger perspective. And Jupiter and Uranus traveling close together, they're going to meet up in April. 
Um, but they're, you know, Venus is kind of joining them by squaring the point right between those two. So this is like this very expansive breakthrough revelatory energy. Um, so, so I feel like the healing has to do with this expansive awareness of who we are. And, and, and again, coming back to like our divine mission, because what's cool here is with the sun and Leo, sorry, Venus and Leo and the sun and Libra, they're in mutual reception. Okay. Venus is in the sun sign. The sun is in Venus's sign. So they're empowering each other. And this is very much like the radiant, the radiant feminine, the solar feminine, this very like bright <laughs> power when we are in our bodies. And I want to say too that, you know, you're, you're opening meditation when you said something about like it can feel heavy it's like the heaviness felt so good yeah like the heavy, like feeling that heaviness in my body felt really good and since venus is the planet of embodiment um this empowerment with the sun and this solar life force energy and then getting jump-started by jupiter uranus like this does seem like a really exciting activation point and kind of coming out of our small self to really you know step into our bigger divine mission the bigger the bigger plan for us yeah that's great and i it, it you know what it makes me think of too is that one of the the ways i like to describe chiron and aries and well and saturn and aries too for people that have that placement is that it's like there's some way of have of coming to terms with and really embracing that because I'm here, my existence is valuable. That the ver by virtue of being born, by virtue of being, you know, an embodied human being, I have an immense value. And this whole, you know, the sense we have a lot of people that have this sense of, you know, unworthiness and this this angst around worthiness. And I think all those things that you just said really point us to understanding um that because we're here and you know no one is ever 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 going to have my unique frequency in the you know joined with the way the world is right now again this is a once in a once in a forever um event is your life my life now right? This will never happen again. No one will ever be me again in this particular, you know, symphony, right? I'm th This instrument and this symphony is only going to happen once. And so, and I think that's your, the Uranus piece of that is that higher knowing, right? And then the Venus sun con um, cooperation, and then this, this um, Aries Libra, and to me, that is exactly what this is saying to us is that it's time for us to really, really get that if we're here, we belong here and we are valuable and to honor that, right? It's not about um, I'm doing the right job. I found my purpose as a as an X, right? The X is irrelevant. The fact that you're here is your purpose. And the mm -hmm. fact that you're here is your um, is your proof that you're a valuable part of existence right now. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah. not yourself, nobody else can do it. To, can do. I mean, nobody else can really do them unless you're doing you. Right. Well said. Beautifully said. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, we th- this is a lot of what we've been working on with Venus retrograde yeah. is healing our healing the the unworthiness and the lack of self love. And you know, Leo is a sign of self love. And so I feel like now there's, there's like that integrating, like, who would I be if I, if I really knew my value and, and this sense of like, knowing my value is, is a gift to the world. It's not, it's not selfish, right? There's so much judgment around that Aries Leo kind of, um, vibe of, oh, you're being selfish. You're being self-focused. Um, you think you're so great or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like this is like, no, if I don't value myself, then I'm then I'm not gonna shine, right? Leo, I'm not gonna shine my light. Um, I'm not gonna be bright in the world and therefore I'm not gonna be serving, right? I mean, it's we have such a dis- distortion around Leo because Leo is the king or the queen. I mean, certainly in Venus and Leo, that's the queen. Um, and this idea that, uh, royalty lies around ordering people about and you know peel me a grape kind of thing versus the old idea you know to rule is to serve right yeah and i you know i have to bring in too the whole joyful playful piece of leo right that's i think you know when i've been working with people this summer and talking to them about leo energy it's like what gives you joy? Because what gives you joy lights you up. And that's how you bring more joy to the world. We have this, we have this weird distortion. Um, and you could see it, you know, in our family patterns, if we had unhappy parents, it was like, we were afraid to be happy because somehow that made it worse. And I, I mean, there's a whole lot of these distortions that somehow we've got this internal belief that my joy and playfulness and happiness doesn't bring more joy to the world, which makes no sense, right? If the more joyful I am, the more joy I'm adding to the world. And that's, I think that's been a lot of the message of this Venus retrograde in Leo too. And, 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 you know, how, what did you discover this summer that makes you feel more playful, more joyful, because that is, it's like that innocence, right? The word I was looking for too is the innocence of Aries and Leo both. Of mm. uh, the innocence of you think about a little child who's just out there playing and having fun. There's there's this the pureness to it, right? A purity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our, our joy is our light. So yeah. we we're here to add more light to the world. Don't we all want that? So and and I think yeah we we ideally have a lot more information about what lights us up and what brings us joy coming out of this Venus retrograde. Um, yeah, and and all of this, you know, going back to what you were saying about the nodes shifting, this really relates to eclipse season, but also I wanna, before we get into that, I, I wanna mention Pluto still squaring the nodes, which mm-hmm. is, you know, in contrast to this lightness and innocence and playfulness and joy of Aries Leo, we we also have this quite heavy, you know, sort of dark, shadowy energy of Pluto squaring the nodes and the fact that Pluto just, what, a couple, I think just 
today, maybe it's today, um, is just, just back at 27 degrees of Capricorn, which is the US Pluto. Oh, so, right. Yeah. And and this will be and because Pluto is going to turn direct, start moving forward again on October 10th at 27 degrees of Capricorn. Pluto is basically parked at 27 degrees of Capricorn, lighting up the U.S.'s Pluto. So this is the last hurrah of the U.S. Pluto return until the beginning of November. Um, so we have, you know, more than a month of Pluto just grinding away <laughs> grinding away grinding is a good Plato word relentlessly grinding away and anybody of course who has any planets in their birth chart at 27 degrees of Capricorn or any of the cardinal signs Aries Cancer Libra um, is going to be feeling this Pluto station standstill very strongly um, so and and Pluto is also I mean Pluto is Pluto itself is being emphasized in terms of doing our shadow work and how do we deal with the dying of the world, the ending of one paradigm, um, the collapsing of the old structures and systems, Capricorn. Um, how do we respond to that? How do we find our power in relation to that North Node in Aries? Um, and our first Libra solar eclipse that's coming up on uh, October 14th will also square Pluto. And I, I want to say, can I can I like sort of zoom out big picture with the eclipses and the change of the nodes? Yeah, and then we'll go look at that chart, but please do. Because we, what we have coming up, you know, eclipses generally come in pairs. So we have that uh, new moon solar eclipse in Libra on October 14th, followed by a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus on October 28th. Well, that eclipse in Taurus is the grand finale of a cycle of eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. And as Christine mentioned, the, that's because the nodes have moved out of Taurus Scorpio and the eclipses are synced with the nodes. So we're we're finishing up, and and actually I I, I kind of love the the energy of that um, lunar eclipse in Taurus as as the grand finale, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll come to that later. But something to think about in your own chart would be if you know the houses in your chart that are Taurus and Scorpio, right? And and that's the polarity and houses work in polarity. So for the past year and a half or so, and I, I did pick up my ephemeris, to, I meant to look this up ahead of time, but to see when the first um, Scorpio or Taurus eclipse was. November and, 2021. 2021. November, okay. 2021, yeah. Thank you. I looked so, it up too. <laughs> good. So, so for about two years, since fall of 2021, we've been dealing that those Taurus Scorpio houses in our chart have been hit really hard and we've been doing transformational work and eclipses bring major endings and beginnings. And I think about it for me, it's my sixth house and 12th house. And part of that is about health, sixth house. And I just think, I, I mean, I've just made some really radical changes in diet, sixth house, health. I mean, spiritual practices, daily practices, like I can really see, yeah, the, those parts of my chart have been really worked. And now we're shifting, and we actually had our first Aries eclipse. We had a solar eclipse in Aries in April of this year, and that 
set us off for this new cycle of Aries Libra eclipses. So now you want to pay attention to those houses in your chart, because over the next year and a half or so, they're going to be really highlighted. They're going to be the the loci uh, for major change, endings and beginnings, revelations, breakthroughs, and all of that. Yeah, which is, you know, just so people remember that the eclipse axis moves backwards through the zodiac. So if it was, like for me, it was fifth and 11th, and it was definitely fifth and 11th themes, and now it's going to go backwards, fourth and 10th. Right, yeah. and now, now I'll be fifth and 11th with my yeah. Libra. We can compare notes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to just, I wanted to just flip on to Pluto for, and I know we've talked about this a lot and people that have listened to me have heard me talk about it a lot. There's some overlap with Saturn here. If you've heard me talk a lot about Saturn, I mean, Pluto, I think what we're seeing in the U S especially, and a couple of things, one is that, you know, there's research that shows that countries go through 250 year cycles or those are Pluto cycles, right? 250 right. years-ish. Um, and it's really about what, how we define power. You know, it, it, this is why empires tend to crumble at the 250 year mark is you can't dominate forever. And, and that's what we're, I think, up against collectively and certainly us personally is learning again, ad nauseum, right? I've said this a thousand times, the difference between power and control. Mm -hmm. And with Pluto, if you think you're in control, you're going to be very, very disappointed and perhaps very, very terrified because it's an illusion. Any illusion that we have that we can control our experience or that we can control and dominate life or control and dominate the other party or whatever it is, it, it's breaking down. We can't, we don't have control, but we have power. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're being asked to learn collectively. Cause Pluto, I think Pluto's again, square, as you said, at the first eclipse and it has, and it was, it was square with the first Aries eclipse. So we've right. had this Pluto square pretty much since the spring and so this has been, um, I, you know, again, a lot of the people coming to me for readings and consultations, the lesson and the struggle is how do I understand power in a way that honors my, my personal power, which is my, um, my creative life force is where my power comes from without trying to dominate and control other people, life, my experience. And, and again, I think that's so much about the Aries Libra axis, right? Aries, what do I want? What do I desire? Who am I? Libra, what do they want? How do I see myself in relationship to others? And how do I, you know, justice balance that sort of thing? Well, they're not separate. And it's Libra to me is the ultimate co-creative sign. Co right. And and the sign of projection. And so yeah. we're getting with Pluto squaring the nodes, a lot of lessons in how am I projecting my power versus owning it, Aries. Yeah. And, and how am I seeing other people as the problem because I'm not willing to see what's going on for me. And or other people as the solution because I'm not <laughs> willing to take charge and exactly. own my power. Right. And that, you know, as Marianne Williamson so famously said, you know, that we're, we are afraid of our power. That's what that's we're afraid to be powerful. And I think this is, you know, the North Node in Aries is a lot about courage and finding our personal yeah. courage. 
yeah. um, to own our power. Just to go back to the empire thing for a moment, I think it's so interesting as the U.S. goes through its Pluto return, which is in the U.S.'s second house, the house of money, and and we have this like BRICS thing happening, right, where we see, you know, the U.S. losing its financial, we know that money, you know, economy is a way that the U.S. has wielded its power of empire, um, you know, dominating other people financially using, you know, really nefarious, hmm, I guess, very shadow Pluto um, means of controlling other countries through money. And now the other countries are like, that game over. We're not, we're not dollars out, you know? So this is, that's huge. And I think, again, coming back to the individual level Aries North Node it's like where do we find our power in relation to something like that that we we're quite clear we have no control over right events I mean these you know the outer planets forces beyond our control and you know collective events so knowing that we're we are in this time of economic collapse who knows how it's going to unfold I don't want to like be you know doom and gloom spreader because we have the power Aries to create our own damn economic systems. We don't need, you know, the the impulse now is for everything to get more and more and more centralized and more and more and more controlled. You know, get rid of cash. Everything has to go through Fed now and CBDC and and all of that. Where, uh, which is all about, you know, taking power from the individual. Where it's like there are ways to create local economies that that's been done before. This has, you know. Certain cities and towns have done this. Um, and I think this is what's being called for, like to find our power on the local level to create our own systems as the bigger systems are collapsing or trying to kind of herd us toward this more centralized, controlled yeah. system. And I think that's a, I mean, that's a theme too. I think we both probably started talking about as Pluto and Aquarius, right? Social patterns. They're all, I mean, there's a lot of that just ripe for change. That's what Pluto's, I mean, that's what Pluto does is it breaks down the old and gets a space to create what, what needs to come next. Mm -hmm. And each one of us doing our own internal work around, you know, around our power. Um, that's, that's what creates the external, right? We have, it starts in here with the individual and then that's what creates a whole society. Yeah. And of course, we're taught the exact opposite. Exactly. Right? We, just, we have to keep looking outside of ourselves. <laughs> this is the big transition, really, that, you know, that's the human design. People say it. I think we see it with the planetary lineups over the next few years. The big transition is to understanding my autonomy, my authority, and that that's where it all begins instead of putting myself always in relationship to the collective. You know, where do I fit in out there? No, that's not going to work anymore, right? It's how do I be myself? And then that's what contributes to that tapestry of the all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all of this is very, very up with Pluto squaring the area. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about, should we talk specifically about the eclipses and just do a quick look at them? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I'll bring up the first one, the solar eclipse. Um, yeah, do you want to start? Sure. 
Okay. I'll, I'll jump in. Yay. So, um, so here we have a solar eclipse and um, we know it's, it's a solar eclipse because the sun and moon are together and also very close to the, well, in this case, the south node. So eclipses are basically very powerful new and full moons that are always either conjunct the south node or the north node. So here we have a south node eclipse that is squaring Pluto and in a tight in conjunct with Uranus. Um, very, this, very yeah. extreme. Oh, Uranus, yeah. Uranus, yeah. Very tight, right? Um, very extreme energies here. And, you know, if we think of a solar eclipse as an extra powerful new moon, yes, there is a seed planting for a new cycle and eclipses uh, unfold even uh, as long as 19 years. Um, so setting something into motion that's going to unfold over 19 years. However, there, you know, this is when the sun goes away right, from our perspective or gets blocked out. So it's like the light goes out there. There's a death that needs to happen for this new beginning. And we could think about we've got Libra here. So relationship is huge, you know, and the eclipse cycle is so literal. Like I've, I've had so many people tell me about. Um, divorces that have happened, you know, 19 years after they, they, the relationship got started or whatever, like that 19 year cycle is very powerful. Um, but this one is really emphasizing the ending, the ending piece, because it is on the south node, the karmic past. So this is a lot about emptying out and releasing what's not working for us in terms of how we relate and yes we can think of libra in terms of romantic relationship but really it's it's our relationship to the other in general projection reflection um certainly you know eclipses are always there's always a plutonian quality to eclipses because it's about the dark and the shadow and the mystery and um and what's hidden right what's hidden coming to light tends to be a big eclipse theme but this one is squaring Pluto. So certainly like shadow work when it comes to what are other people reflecting for me? And it can be, if we're operating unconsciously, this could be a great opportunity to go into the shame and blame and finger pointing. You did this, you did that. Oh, this terrible person, that terrible person, even including in the world, right? When we're pointing our finger and saying, oh, Trump is the the bad guy biden is the bad guy this putin Zelensky, whoever like wh what are what's really going on there what what aspect of self are we not owning and to remember that it, it also goes in the positive sense oh this person's so amazing i'm a piece of shit they're so great okay that's also projection and that's also our shadow and our like awesomeness that we're projecting onto other people and not owning our greatness, right? So there, there's a lot of that going on here. And so I think this eclipse is really about bringing up, you know, what's not working in terms of how we relate. Um, I mean, it could be, a, you know, maybe breakup time. Also, you know, it might show up literally in terms of ending relationships. And there's this beautiful healing potential, right? With this is a, um, an eclipse opposite Chiron with Chiron on the North Node. So really like when we focus on self, Aries, and healing the self, and what is this reflection or projection 
Um, what is this telling me about my own healing path and really owning that and finding power in that, finding power in our vulnerability? I think this is also a call to real vulnerability in terms of like, wow, I just here's what I, here's what I just uh, projected all over you. And I'm sorry. And, but this is what I learned about myself through that process. Wow. <laughs> Look at me and my humanness says Chiron, right? So this is a really beautiful opportunity for healing. And there's a lot going on collectively, like the fact that it is squaring Pluto and also in this tight, um, in conjunct with Uranus, um, you know, these collective forces, Uranian energy can be, shocking, out of the blue, disruptive, eclipses in and of themselves also carry a Uranian energy, expect the unexpected. So this this first one looks to me a lot more challenging than the second one. And kind of like, if we can do our work through this one, um, th there's a beautiful potential to break through, to have like healing breakthroughs with this first eclipse. But I just, you know, this would be kind of a like, not not a lightweight, easy breezy, chill kind of eclipse would be my read of this. Yeah, and I think you know the the what's been coming up for me too around again the Aries Libra axis that fits in with what you're saying is that I think it's a really really beautiful opportunity to notice where am I trying to control? Where am I trying to control? Um, again, other people, my experience. And and anytime you're trying to manage somebody else's emotions, anytime you're trying to manage somebody else's experience, anytime you're trying to manage your experience instead of simply having it. Well, I also want to say like man, also trying to control other people's perceptions. Yes. Right. Because Libra is so, you know, as a South Node and Libra person, like so concerned about what, yeah. what do you think about how I'm doing? <laughs> um, and and wanting to, and uh, in the distortion of that, like even manipulating other people's perceptions of me so that I can feel better about myself instead of just going directly to the source with that Aries North Node. Let's just, you know, let's just forget about what everyone else thinks and just go straight to what am I thinking that I'm imagining everyone else is thinking about me. And this thing about control, I think is especially up in that Libra eclipse because Venus will be one in Virgo, all the earth signs like to control or yep. like to operate under that yep. illusion. And Venus will be opposite Saturn and a yep. reality check around our control impulses. So this is not a super happy Venus. This is, again, there's a lot of productive healing that can happen here with Venus and Virgo, the sign of the healer, opposite Saturn. Let's, you know, come, come back into alignment, come back into integrity clean up the bullshit. Um, it's that kind of eclipse. It's it's a hard working, let's say. Of course, you know, Libra prefers to be loungy and lazy, you know, but this is a hard working Libra eclipse for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, wants to get along and everything to be peaceful. Nice and beautiful. And Aries needs Aries is the courage to, you know, again, it kind of goes back to that ask for what you want, because if you don't it, it, you have to put yourself out there, right, to ask somebody for something. And then you can't expect that they're going to give it to you or life is going to give it to you, whatever, you know, again, you're like you said, it's not just relationship with your partner and other people. It's really your relationship with life. And the the our ways of controlling life get so super subtle 
you know, whether it's, um, yeah, I, I, I usually have a really good example from my life of how I've always tried to be in control, but that they're just not in my head right now, but there it's just these subtle ways of like thinking that if I have a gratitude practice, then I will, I will actually get more. I'll, I'll, I'll get more abundance. Well, you can't do the gratitude practice in order to get right. That's control. You do the gratitude practice because that's what's upwelling out of you. And because that's the right, the, the way you want to be in relationship with the world. You know, and I also, I want to come back to, again, the the equinox, sun, opposite Neptune, in conjunct Saturn and Pisces, because I think all, we could also use the word manipulation. Yes. Control, yes. right? Yep. And, and and that attempt to control or that attempt to manipulate, it comes from a lack of trust. I mean, that's that's the essence. I don't trust life. I know better. I know better than life, or I know better than the great mystery. Um, I know better than, you know, the movement of the life force through me. So I've got to like, try to manage it and control it. And, you know, so really, we're, we're working on our trust or lack thereof. And I think especially, you know, Pluto and Capricorn, Pluto and Aquarius, right now, the dispositor is Saturn in Pisces. Yeah. Learn, you know, learning about trust, strengthening our faith, um, leaning into that, again, that spiritual realm where things look really chaotic and don't make any sense. And I'm obviously screwing up because my life looks like X in the material realm where Pisces is reminding us there is the divine order. My little human brain can't rock it, but we got to trust, trusting, trusting, trusting. And you know, keep tuning into, okay, where is, I mean, I think this is very North Node and Aries too, in terms of like trusting life force, trusting vitality, like my energy is drawing me here. No, that's obviously wrong. I can't do that. The mind, blah, blah, blah. Um, trusting, trusting that movement of life and that like natural um, impulse and instinct, you know, we're so conditioned not to trust our instinctual selves. And that's really where the Aries North Node is taking us. And I feel like that's very, you know, in a sense, Pluto too, like that deeper life force. Um, yep. Follow the life flow. force. Yeah. Follow the life force because that's, that's, that's your power. Right. That is power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to put up the other chart because there's like Great. a thousand other things I could think about to say, but I, I'm just noticing the time. So let me, whoops wrong buttons. I got to push the right buttons for this. Um, could, and I'll just say, while I'm doing this, I'll just say there's another, there's a piece about like spiritual autonomy and trusting, um, trusting that I need to stand in my sovereignty, but that also means I have to respect somebody else's. That's right. the hard part about Libra, right? You know, whether I'm trying to help somebody or care for somebody it's it, it's i need to respect that they have autonomy right aries that they have their own autonomy in their lives and that's where we also can see how we manipulate right is where we're trying to help other people even right and and coming back to trust i mean this is really yeah. this is so hard for me personally, with, with my uber Virgo-ness that wants to fix and heal and in, you know, and in my personal life where people have not asked me to fix and heal them, um, where I just have to step back and let go and be like, yeah, they're, they're on their journey. 
Pisces, they're on their spiritual journey. I, I actually don't know what's best for them. I don't, I think I do a lot of times and I don't, I can only know what's best for me and then yeah. offer help to the people who ask for it. But yeah, we can, we, we healer types get into trouble a lot in our personal lives until we really learn that or learn how to practice that. Yep. We <laughs> big Pisces, big Pisces lesson, letting go, um, trusting and letting go. Okay. So, so here we have, first of all, this is a North node eclipse because here the moon, even though the moon is in a different sign from the North node, it's close to the North node and where North node eclipses tend to bring us more into our higher future. And I think that's a lot of what, what this one is about. Again, this is a completion of this, you know, almost two year cycle of Taurus Scorpio eclipses. And this feels like a really, um, like a manifestation or a, um, like after like, oh, I've done all this work and now this kind of gift or blessing. And I'm saying that because one, the moon is exalted in Taurus. So the moon's just really happy here, but also it's the moon together with Jupiter in Taurus and you know and as a lunar eclipse this is an extra powerful full moon and full moons are about what's coming to fruition manifestation yes it can also be completion and and but completions it can be a happy completion like yay I did it and look where I got woohoo um yeah, you know th this feels very abundant and expansive and and I think it's interesting here because we still have Venus in Virgo but here Venus, and, and this is a loose opposition, so it's not coming up in your software, but opposite Neptune, which is, you know, Neptune being the higher octave of Venus. So even though it's an opposition, there is this energy of like divine love and opening up to more acceptance and unconditional love. And also this is Venus harmonizing with Uranus. Right now we've got the square to Uranus that we've been dealing with, you know, this will be the third time we've been dealing with it for the whole Venus retrograde cycle. But now here's some harmony and it's harmony in the earth signs. I mean, we can even think about a loose trine between Uranus and um, Pluto. Um, so there's like earth harmony here and a lot of earth energy, earth energy manifestation, the body, um, these this powerful breakthrough energy that's like um, breaking through to greater worthiness and and also like maybe a new level of service or new clarity about service and how we want to move forward in the future this one feels also very future oriented both with the north node but also in this activation of jupiter which is a lot about our future vision and optimism about the future inspiration for the future and then since uranus is also here in taurus and harmonizing with venus um the, this is also yeah very, very like um, great leap forward into our more beautiful future, this feels like. Yeah, and I, um, I'm i gonna go ahead and stop the share while we talk because it, it also, I, I was thinking about this last um, Virgo new moon, which also had a grand trine in earth signs. And it really feels to me this, whereas this last one, you know, I think my headline for when I talked about is how do you know what you know? right? Because your wisdom comes through the body. This next one with Venus and Uranus, Jupiter, et cetera, and Pluto, it feels like there's some like finding the, the power and the love for physical existence, 
Mm -hmm. I really sinking into the, the pleasure of being human, right? That's, yes. Virgo, that's Venus and Virgo in so many ways. Yeah. And th this also makes me think about, um, yeah. And the, the big Taurus energy, right? Just yes. loving our bodies, loving the earth. It makes me think about in the bigger picture, how there's so much about, you know, environmentalism that's so fear-based and so yeah. like, oh, this bad thing and this bad thing, and you have to do this. So this bad thing doesn't happen. And versus like expanding our love for the earth and, and letting action come from that place. And I love the earth so much that this, that I'm going to, you know, keep building and creating more of this beauty and natural abundance and this fertility, you know, that, that there's, we can be coming from a different place in terms of our service to the yeah. earth. That feels very much like a wonderful description of this wrap up of the Taurus Scorpio axis, right? Are you choosing to act out of fear or are you choosing to fear out of or act out of love? Are you, yeah, is it out of what you're afraid of and don't want, you know, Scorpio? And is it, or is it what you value and what you love? And, and, you know, that we are so, the conflict and war paradigm is so ingrained in us that we don't even see how everything gets set up as an either or and a I have to make it happen I have to dominate I have to I have to fight and win yeah you know the last week or so I've had people talk to me about you know their particular political agenda and fighting the good fight there's no such thing right, right. You know, right. I, I, I don't want to get me get us into a R-rated show, but you know, but but the old saying of um, from the '70s, if you're old enough, maybe even the '60s, you know, fighting for peace is like screwing for virginity, right? You can't fight a good fight. There's no such thing. And I, you know, and I've I've had a couple of conversations too where people are just like it's. It's it's they want to say that it's genetic and built into us as human beings to be at war and to be in conflict and to be us versus them. And I don't agree. I don't think history shows that I'm for anybody who hasn't read it and who's interested in this topic, the book called The Chalice and the Blade by Brienne Eisler is is has been like a life changer. And she wrote it in the 70s. Well, it's also, it's like nature doesn't work like that. Exactly. But people think they see it, right? Somebody, when they I project that, that, somebody said, oh, the mountain lion and the deer. Well, the mountain lion doesn't hate the deer. It's not, and this isn't an us and them. This is a, I'm hungry. That's food. You know, you don't hate the steak on your plate. You don't hate the carrots on your plate, right? It, you want to love them. This is a process of loving something, even if you're, you know, I mean, even if you're vegan, vegetarian, whatever you are, I mean, whatever you're eating, you've killed. And it's a process of loving it. So yeah. I, that's a whole podcast in itself too, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, I think that's exactly, it's like getting, getting excited about the future, getting motivated to serve from that place of, I, I'm so in love with creation versus that former south node in scorpio we're all gonna die something terrible is happening oh shit i better do something freak out you know and the you apocalypse. Know, honestly i mean i have a 
have somebody fairly close to me who's in that mode all the time. You know, it's 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 a little bit of a martyr thing. You know, yeah. I have to save the world and I have to fight the good fight and all of that. And I think, you know, I've, to me, it's like a choice of how I want to live my life. Do I want to live my life always tense and worried and fearful and like like trying to control something I can't control? Or do I want to find some measure of belief and trust in the fact that the world is a wonderful place? Because you can live in either world. This is, I think, what Saturn and Pisces is all about, right? You get to choose your reality. And your real reality is based on your fantasy and your ideals and your beliefs. And this is karma. This is the essence of karma. If you believe the world is a horrible place and it's us against them and you have to fight the good fight, that's the life you'll have. Right. You, know, you, you choose. Well, and then also coming back to like, it's, it's all about the energy that you're putting yes. out. So if I'm constantly in fear and tight and trying to control and effort and struggle, then I'm just adding to that vibe in the world. How am I really helping? You. Yeah. And you're drawing it to you. Yeah. 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 So so may that be our, the, our big collective breakthrough at the at this grand finale eclipse in Taurus, breaking through to this. I mean, because Taurus is a sign that is very naturally relaxed and in harmony with the Earth's rhythms and, and you know, feeling pleasure in the body, feeling fulfilled. And just think about the world that we could create together if we were all coming from, you know, if we all felt really good in our bodies and felt really, you know, the strong sense of self-worth. And I think this is also, this is also about, you know, really standing strong in who we are in in what we love and what we value. And there's real power in that. Yep. 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 Yay. <laughs> I love that. I feel it feels like that's a great place to end. And my clock says 1111 too. Yes, so. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, and you, Emily, I think I asked you, you don't have any announcements. No, because you're going to take a hiatus from teaching for a bit, right? I am. Yeah, I'm still doing my moon updates, my new and full moon updates and recordings. And that's all now through my Substack, Embodied Aquarian Age on Substack. And people um, can join any time, is that right? They can come into that anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. And and free subscribers get my written updates about each lunation, each new and full moon. Um, but yeah, not really doing any new events for the next six months or so. Yeah, I know I am, but I don't know what they are yet. I think <laughs> I, I believe I'm gonna have a small Saturn group, a group that tracks Saturn and uh, there'll be more about that in my newsletter when I figure it out. Um, but yeah, so just so people know that if you really want to have regular new moon, full moon updates, Emily's is the place to go, right? Emily's um, substack is the place to go and the link will be in the show notes. I sometimes put them on the podcast and other times I don't. So you can't, you can't rely on me for that because it's whatever's up and relevant at the moment for me. So um, all right. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been super fun. And I feel like we packed a lot into our little over an hour. Mm -hmm. My pleasure as always. Thank you, Christine. All right. So we're going to stop the recording and thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the natural wisdom podcast. And you can always reach out through my website. Um, 
Yeah, that's the best place to go. And I think you can even find it through naturalwisdompodcast.com if you don't know how to spell my name. Links will be in the show notes. Thanks so much.